Today, I'd like to welcome to the PodMD studio, Dr. Dan Krishnan. Dr. Krishnan is an endogynecologist and general gynecologist providing care in Liverpool and Ashfield in Sydney. Dan completed his medical degree from the University of Queensland in 2011. His passion for obstetrics and gynaecology landed him a registrar position at King Edward Memorial Hospital for Women in Perth. Dr. Krishnan spent two years at the prestigious Sydney Minimally Invasive Gynaecological Surgery Unit, an Aegis accredited fellowship at the Sutherland Hospital, where he now holds a staff specialist position. He currently holds a staff specialist position at Liverpool Hospital, where he leads endogynecology clinics and surgeries. Today, we'll be discussing the topic of pelvic masses, which is the third in a four-part series called The Woman in Pain. We do hope you enjoy this podcast, but please remember that the advice here is of a general nature and is not intended as specific advice about a given patient. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the doctor, not PodMD. If you do have a patient on whom you require specific advice, then please seek advice from a colleague with appropriate expertise in that area. Dan, thanks for talking with us on PodMD today. Thank you for having me. The topic of today's discussion is pelvic masses. Dan, can you give us a brief overview about pelvic masses? So a pelvic mass describes any benign, benign meaning in brackets non-cancerous or malignant, malignant being cancerous, growth or enlargement that originates inside the pelvis. And specifically for us in gynecology, it originates from either the cervix, the ovary, the uterus, or any surrounding structures close to the reproductive organs. Most women would develop pelvic, a pelvic mass at some point in their lives, although many go undetected. A few examples of pelvic masses in um, younger women particularly would be ectopic pregnancies, endometriosis, endometrial hyperplasia or endometrial cancer can cause a mass, Polycystic ovaries can sometimes cause a mass. Ovarian cysts can cause a mass. Fibroids. Adenomyosis that we spoke about in our last podcast can also form a mass. Or any other form of benign or malignant tumours that is close to the reproductive organs. How would a patient with pelvic masses typically present? So the most common symptoms that I'm going to list next would be um, pelvic pain. So any form of pain as we previously have mentioned in our series of podcasts, uh, Women in Pain, should always be investigated because a really dangerous cancerous pelvic mass can be a possibility. So pelvic pain can be a huge symptom for a pelvic mass. Frequency to urinate or urgency of urination is something that should be investigated in women. Abnormal nausea or vomiting. Bloating, abdominal swelling or feeling full. Vaginal bleeding that is abnormal or heavy menstrual bleeding. Unusually heavy bleeding that is irregular and not of a certain usual pattern. Changes in bowel habits, including constipation, blood in the bowel, um, diarrhea, uh, feeling of fullness despite emptying bowels. All of these can be um, a symptom of pelvic masses. What are the risks or efficacy of the condition? When we talk about the risk of pelvic masses, we should always address that the most dangerous or 
difficult to treat of pelvic masses is uh, cancer. So I think it is really important to keep that in mind that ruling out any form of pelvic malignancy should be absolutely vital to any medical practitioner that is seeing a patient with symptoms of a pelvic mass. When we talk about cancer, pelvic masses that can cause cancer that is related to the reproductive organs would be cervical cancer, ovarian cancer, endometrial cancer, and sometimes fibroid cancers as well. Once we've ruled out any form of cancerous lesions, we can always look into fixing or looking into treating any other form of pelvic masses. Because some of these masses, when untreated, causes a lot of lifestyle changing um, side effects, including frequency of urination, pain, feeling of bloating, uh, bowel changes that can be very inconvenient for women. Um, as previously mentioned, an ovarian mass can be present. It can be an ovarian cyst. And if it's an ovarian cyst that's causing a mass, sometimes in younger women, that can cause an acute condition called ovarian torsion and certainly needs immediate attention because an ovarian torsion untreated can lead to a loss of the ovary and future reproductive potential. Other forms of masses could be ectopic pregnancies. So a mass in pregnancy that is not showing a baby inside the uterus should always be investigated. Ectopic pregnancies can be life-threatening because when they do rupture, it is a fresh blood inside, fresh bleeding inside the abdominal cavity, and um, a, a young woman can become completely unstable within minutes of this occurrence. It causes severe pain as well. Other forms of masses that can cause a lot of issues or risks to a woman would be fibroids because they can cause severe bleeding and sometimes requiring transfusion. Um, in young women. So these are the risks of pelvic masses and I think it is really important that we stay on top of things in, in patients reporting symptoms of a pelvic mass. Also important to note that pelvic masses do not are not age-related. Younger women are also susceptible to developing malignant pelvic masses so it's always important to keep that in mind. Signs of a pelvic mass is often identified Upon routine gynecological exam, sometimes a GP or a specialist will be able to feel these tumours by pressing down on the tummy. Anything felt on abdominal palpation should be immediately investigated with a form of medical imaging, starting with a pelvic ultrasound. Occasionally, an MRI or a CT scan will also help GPs and specialists help differentiate types of pelvic masses. What are the treatment options? So treatment options for pelvic, pelvic masses will depend on multiple factors, such as the size, the type, the location of the growth, and whether or not we think it's cancerous. Some masses will only require some monitoring, whereas surgical removal will be recommended for others. As a minimally invasive gynecological surgeon, I perform advanced laparoscopic procedures to remove these masses, with little disruption to surrounding healthy tissues. My approach being minimally invasive usually means that there's a shorter hospital admission time and a quicker recovery with less post-operative pain for my patients. It is very important to note that some pelvic masses cannot be removed via minimally invasive approach due to one, the potential 
origin of it being cancerous, and two, the potential life-threatening situation such as bleeding that will require a different form of surgery, which is open surgery, to ensure uh, safe removal of masses performed by the surgeon. There are multiple other treatment options in recent years, including uterine artery embolization to reduce the size of fibroids, but we will discuss this in the next question. Have there been any developments in treatment in the last few years, or are there any in trials or development now? So there's a lot of um, hot topics regarding um, magnetic, magnetic resonance, uh, guided redu- reduction in pelvic masses, particularly fibroids. It can be aided by uterine artery embolization. Uh, these methods of treatment will reduce the burden of the disease, such as bleeding and symptoms of pelvic fullness. These treatment options usually um, retain gynecological organs without removing them via surgery. It is important to note that these recent developments of reducing the burden of the disease does not mean that the disease is removed or the pelvic mass is completely removed. The only way to remove a pelvic mass from the pelvis is via surgery. Are there any warning signs a GP or their patient can look out for? So I always tell my patients that any pattern of bleeding that has changed in recent years should always be investigated. And as previously mentioned in all my podcasts, pelvic pain should never be normalized. Any pelvic discomfort, fullness or pelvic pain requires urgent investigation, starting with a pelvic ultrasound. Any form of bloating or central obesity that is new in patients should also warrant a pelvic ultrasound to ensure there's no dangerous masses that can be life-threatening in women. What is the likelihood of recurrence of the condition? This is a rather challenging question to address. Recurrence of disease is very much dependent on the type of disease or the type of mass. In view, we, in view of removal of fibroids, we sometimes know that in certain cases of myomectomies, fibroids can recur. Recurrence is also common in certain types of cancer um, and also endometriosis. With regards to recurrence, it is important to note that most patients upon removal of a pelvic mass will require some form of surveillance, either by their specialist gynecologist or their specialist GP. When should a GP refer? I think it is absolutely important that at the moment a pelvic mass is suspected, a referral process to a gynecologist is started. It is important to, to ensure there is no malignant condition in these masses associated with the patient's symptoms. What role does the GP play in the treatment of the condition? The most important thing is early detection. It is absolutely important to investigate a patient who is presenting with pelvic mass symptoms. An early ultrasound or at least an early pelvic examination to determine what type of mass it is and an early referral to a specialist gynecologist is the biggest role a GP specialist can play. Thank you for your time here today in the PodMD studio. To sum up for us, could you please identify the three key take-home messages from today's podcast on pelvic masses? No bloating or bowel change is ever normal. 
Pelvic fullness requires prompt investigation. And abnormal menstrual bleeding or discharge should always warrant an urgent ultrasound to start with. Thank you again for your time and the insights you've provided. Thank you for having me.